the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Today we have the convergence of two feasts, the feast of the birth of the Mother of God and the anticipation of the exaltation of the Holy Cross. So we see this coming, coming together of, of the cross and the Mother of God. Now the Mother of God, for all of us, we understand her too, she accepted the cross. She dealt with the cross in her life in a beautiful way. She took it on as a little girl, three years old. She dedicated her life to the temple. At maybe 14 or 15, she submitted to the will of God through the words of St. Gabriel and bore the Son of God and then lived that life uh, even to the point where there was a, a, a moment where she may have been accused of, uh, of, uh, of slighting her husband. You know, the husband wanted to put her away. Remember, Joseph was tempted to put her away. So she had to endure that. She, she had to leave town and go visit Elizabeth. Uh, and so she had this cross that she bore. But she bore it to the glory of God and, in a sense, with God. In Christ, with God. And so that's, that's kind of the theme today, that if we can understand the importance of bearing a cross, bearing our crosses, in Christ, then there's a great joy that we can in, embrace in our cross. As she had great joy in her life, we too can have great joy in our life. So, um, a couple of things. I just want to go through a couple of the scriptures that were read today and point out a few things that may help us in this regard. First, uh, St. Paul says to us in Galatians, but for far be it for me to glorify except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. And so here's, if we could kind of understand this, that the world does not have power over us. We let it. We let that world have power over us. The, the Lord destroyed the power of the world. And we, we can embrace it, uh, that power over the world, or we can uh, engage that world and allow the world to have power over us. Okay, a great example of this is happening, it's just happened, the, uh, the political conventions. Okay, you can listen to them. And you can get energized. You can get angry. You can be excited. You can have, it can just move you right and left. This is the whole kind of pre-election mail you that we have in our country. It's just one thing after another. You know, beloved, God is providential. God's in charge. Yes, the world has difficulties. Yes, we make mistakes, but we don't have to be drawn into the energy of that. We should be praying more fervently for the world, more fervently for leadership, not to be angry with it, not to be disgusted with it, but to pray for it, to be on our knees before God about it. The world does not have power over us. We can give it power. We can let that world have an energy over us. 
but we do not need to do that. And then he says, I and I am crucified to the world. You know, it's a beautiful thing for us to understand this, that evil exists in the world only because we let it. Evil exists in your life only because you let it. The only thing that's eternal is goodness. Think about that. You know, you know it and you can feel it. You know, if you have some kind of passion and when that passion goes away, there's freedom, there's quietness. If you're angry with somebody and all of a sudden that anger is dissipated, there's a calmness in you. That's the goodness that's in you. We can choose this, beloved. We can choose to, to accept that which is good and right and reject that which is evil. And, and we can do this. Uh, I want to share with you uh, something about this. Our beloved Deacon Howard, who's in great struggle right now, by the way, I'll share a little bit at the end of the service about this with you. But he loved this book called Our Thoughts Determine Our Life. And he had Courtney read the book to him all the time. It's very beautiful. And one of the thoughts was that, uh, Courtney shared this with me yesterday, actually, that um, there was a story of a lady at work who had all kinds of trouble with her co-workers. And she would get in arguments with them and have trouble with them, and there were issues with them, and the monk Thaddeus told her to just pray for them. To stop, get all those other thoughts out of your head and begin to pray for them. She said, all of a sudden, after weeks, there was a calmness in the office. And after weeks after that, she became friends with them. She chose to go a different direction, not to buy into the, those evil thoughts, but to accept the fact that she was to pray for them. And not only did it calm the office, but she developed friendships over this. So we only let, evil only exi exists when we let it. You need to understand that. Greed is only present when you let it be present. If greed disappears, you become generous. Lust is only present when you let it. When you resist it, you become chaste. Anger is only present when you let it be present. If you're not, love comes in. So choose to resist these things. You know, the Lord says to us uh, through the epistle, in the epistle, take every thought captive. Every thought captive. Don't let those thoughts run your life. You run your life. Have the good thought. Have the good prayer. Allow that to be your energy. Allow that to be your energy. And then uh, in the gospel lesson, we hear these words uh, from uh, the Lord. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the, serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. This is a great story in the Old Testament. You know, here, this is very typical of the nation of Israel. Here they just conquered the Canaanites, and they come back, and they start grumbling because they're in the wilderness. And so they start grumbling, and God says, yeah, I'm going to teach them a lesson. So he sends serpents, poison serpents, to begin to bite them, and some begin to die. And so they begin to repent. 
this is a very typical, this is a very typical of our life. It's our life too, right? You know, we do something and God chastens us a bit, then we repent, hopefully. So they repent to Moses, and Moses prays to the Lord. And the Lord says to him, make a bronze serpent and put it on a pole and hold it up and tell the people when they look at the bronze serpent, they will not perish. So they made a bronze serpent, put up the pole up, and every time the people looked at the bronze serpent, and even if they were bitten by the snake, they didn't die. This prefigured the cross for us. This is a prefiguring of the cross. But there's a very important lesson in this for us, that we need to learn to accept our crosses, but we will be stung by the cross if we don't have our eyes on Christ. You can, your cross can kill you if you don't have your eyes on Christ. You know, crosses are sometimes very hard to bear. They can bring bitterness, resentment, and anger, and all that follows that. Because sometimes those crosses are heavy. But if our eyes are on Christ, we live. We find joy. We find we find a goodness even in the struggle. That's such an important thing to us. So encouragement here is that we are to keep our eyes on the Lord when we have our cross. Not just to look at our cross and to bemoan it and to be sad about our circumstances. We should be looking at that cross of Christ and being lifted, raised above the confusion that that cross gives to us. So may, may that help us. And then um, a couple things in regard to this, a couple things that were taught to me that I'd like to share with you. One is how do we do this? How do we bear our cross in Christ? My beloved uh, spiritual father, Father Richard, when I was going through some very difficult times as a pastor, uh, he said, you need to pray at the foot of the cross. Go to the foot of the cross and pray. So I had a icon of the cross, and I, I'd put my head right there like this, and I'd pray right at the foot of the cross. He said, you know why you pray there, Father Nicholas? He says, Psalm 85, mercy and truth meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Right there. He says, you know, you have a difficult thing. You have a problem, but mercy touches it. You have a desire for righteousness and, and for the right thing to happen, and peace comes to you. In that moment, beloved, now that I, I look at this in two ways. One, do not, is that not how we want God to look at us when we come to him with all our issues? Do we want him to lay out the truth? Or do we want him to be merciful? He's going to do both, by the way. He's going to lay out the truth, but he's going to be merciful. Do we want him to judge us according to righteousness or according to peace? You see, And so when we bring ourselves to that moment, when we come to the foot of that cross, and we are bringing a difficult situation there. We are, we are bringing the reality of that situation there. We're not ignoring the reality of the situation. But what's important 
is that we are going to ask, we're going to bring mercy to it. So when we bring a difficult situation with someone in our life to that place, God can bring mercy to that place and calm your heart and maybe even solve the situation. So pray at the foot of the cross. And finally, and I think most encouragingly, we need to contemplate in the cross the resurrection. We we'll have to be looking through the cross to the resurrection. You know, it's a very beautiful thing. Many of you probably know this, but the cross has two uh, symbols on it. One, during the week, it's the Christ, Christ crucified. On Sunday, it's Christ risen. So the cross itself is a picture of this. The cross itself shows us once that when we accept crucifixion, when we bear our cross, what's the result? Resurrection. The result of bearing your cross is resurrection. You can't go into it with hopelessness, with this idea that this is just the way my life's going to be forever. No, there's hope in the resurrection of Christ. We have to understand that and look forward to that and find joy in that. You know, maybe the struggle is going to be long. Maybe it's going to be serious. Maybe it is going to be difficult. But there's always that light of resurrection that shines for us in our struggle. You know, it's, it's so beautiful for us. We probably feel it most poignantly at Easter, at Pascha, when that's all we say. Christ is risen, Christ is risen. And it gets deep into your soul. And, and, it, and everything, very little else matters except his resurrection. So may we bear our cross as our Holy Mother bared it. May we bear it to the glory of God and to our own benefit, the benefit of his church. And may all of us anticipate in this bearing the resurrection of Christ. Amen.